Sun's out, guns out. What's the weather like in LA right now? Perfect, as always. Yeah. What's the air quality like? We got that that crappy LA air over here on the East Coast these days, and I don't know how I feel about this. If we gonna get this bad air quality. I would also like the always perfect sunny weather and beautiful maybe, people. Maybe this um, explains why James Harden wants out and where he might be headed. Alabaster, get us set up. This is debatable. I'm Dominic Coster. That's me, the kind. <laughs> and she does the segues and the analysis. Give them to me, Alabaster. All right, guys. Let's talk about the beard. What trade would make the most sense for James Harden and also the 76ers? <sighs> no trade. Well, I guess the trade that would make the most sense for James Harden is the one where he can go and not be dependent on in the playoffs. And I, I suspect that most teams that are interested in him are not expecting him to be that piece. So I know what you want me to say, Alabaster, because the group check, the group text, there it is, the Clippers. The group text was lit up with you saying he's going to be a key piece to the Clippers. And you almost convinced me that his slow pace matches with them and he won't be relied on except for in the regular season, which is when he is at his best. But I just... I've been defending James Harden's postseason performance for a long time, and I'm sick of it. Like, I'm just sick of it. I don't really feel like he is the missing piece for anybody. And I guess for this price, for a one-year commitment, he's worth bringing on just about any roster just because it doesn't make them any worse. But it doesn't feel like it makes anybody any closer to a champion to me. With today's news, he has the most trade requests in NBA history, right? <laughs> so he's got that going for him. Maybe not the playoff numbers, uh, but that this feels like he feels like a record. What what is it? Let's see. One, two. Is this three or four? Either way, it's something that's hard to match, even if it is more common these days. Um, he threw up the Clippers and the Knicks. I'm going to throw out the Knicks. They don't make sense to me. He's not what they need. I don't think the pairing with Brunson. It's just not. The Clippers are the team for all the reasons you outlined that make basketball sense. I would say they also make timeline sense, right? right. Because um, whatever team he's traded to, he's not eligible for an extension. So it'd be a one-year deal. And the Clippers are a team where they're on the precipice, but there aren't that many paths for them to get better. This is a path for them to get better. It does fill a playmaking need and a hole in the backcourt. Um, I don't know, like, I don't think if this trade hap were to happen, and again, I do think it's the most realistic option, I don't think it's going to dramatically change people's outlooks for the team, especially compared to the West and what's been happening, you know, in Phoenix and elsewhere. But I'm not really sure what else they can do, Dominique, um, especially with the, the current setup. This was a hardened or trade request, right? I didn't, I guess, yes. I knew that he was getting traded. I didn't realize he was requesting it because it doesn't seem to make sense. The only reason why it might make sense is it's expressing to us that there is no market out there for James Harden. Because if you want to move, if you want to switch to another team and this team is interested in having you, why sign the, the player option? Why opt in? Because then that, eliminates the, the opportunity for an extension, and then it forces the team that you're going to to weaken their roster by trading away players. So, like, it suggested to me that all the stuff about going back to Houston was just coming up because they were trying to create the illusion that there's a market for James Harden because 
right? There's no market for James Harden if he signed a player option and then asked to get traded to a team because that's a one-year deal when presumably he was looking for a long-term extension. Alabaster. So I've got lots of ideas. Where should I start? Do you want me to start firing up the trade machine of what this makes is, sense? Go right ahead. Okay. Let's go. I'll go from practical to not practical. The first one, you talked about the Clippers and said, I said he was a key piece, not key piece. Maybe just, you know, adequate passer, the first above average passer that Paul George and Kawhi have played with during their tenure. Let's trade him for maybe a, a sprinkling of Terrence Mann and Norm Powell. Huh? Does that work? A bunch of picks later in the in the. Does that the work decade? for who? I guess the question is, does that work for the for the 76ers? Like, and here's where it could work. It's time for Damian Lillard to run from the grind. And they can take those assets and Tyrese Maxey and flip him for Damian Lillard. A three-teamer where Portland gets a reset, a bunch of picks, the Clippers get hardened, you pair him beating Lillard, and we're off to the races. What do you think about that? What What's the temperature among Sixer fans in terms of Maxey for Lillard? Because I would pause. I mean, I love Tyrese Maxey. Maybe I'm a little bit too high on him as a player. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. Um because me, I well, I think there, there's also the question of what would make Joel Embiid happiest, and that's really important. But I would Maxie's like one of the whenever I hear Dame Lillard trades being flown out or thrown out there with Miami and Brooklyn, and most of that is picks, and then people inevitably bring up Tyrese Maxie. I I'm always a little bit hesitant about that one. I I don't know. I mean, you I could, hear you. You could look at. Um, we don't have to go far in this three team trade for the cautionary tale of trading Tyrese Maxie because you got the SGA trade that yeah. happened to to end up. And he's not, better than SGA was right. when SGA got. I mean, it's right. yes. So I don't know that I would agree with. Um, I think I'd still just go for Lillard in part because of what Steph Curry is doing right now. If we're to accept that Damian Lillard is the closest thing to a Steph Curry facsimile, that means that he has, I mean, you could argue that Steph Curry is still in his prime at what, two years older than Damian Lillard. Uh, If you could argue that you get Dame Lillard for two more years guaranteed, maybe one or two years after that of still contributing, you get his personality there which seems like something that they could use and they missed when they got rid of jimmy butler that seems like a risk worth taking because the tyrese maxi i agree the tyrese maxi potential is still potential you know what you're getting today you're getting no defense but you're getting a killer on home and he he was incredible last season so you you probably do it you're right especially i I do think you have to maximize things with Embiid pretty quickly um so all right, you know, f- former debatable member Pablo Torre. I'm in a group chat with him where, yeah, RIP, uh, and slash Sixers Homer, where he we were talking about Sixers Clippers hypotheticals. And Charlie, we were throwing out in the group chat the names that you mentioned, the realistic ones. And Pablo said, Well, you know, I, what about Paul George? To which everyone replied, Why would the Clippers trade Paul George? And his reply was, Well, I think the Sixers are just going to really push for it. Great stuff, Pablo. Really, <laughs> he sent me the same. He sent me the same text. Oh gosh, that is that is Pablo analysis too. I missed Wish. that. I missed mocking that. Thank you for bringing it so we could all laugh on it. I, I fill up fifteen percent of most shows back in the Pablo days of just making fun of his ideas. Daryl's really going to try to do it. Okay, oh, gosh, cool. Well, really if Daryl's going to try, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Does Pablo still get to be a Sixers fan? Because I think we're far enough away from the process. I know, we're so removed from the process. I know. His I whole fandom was yeah. based on saying that he didn't kill the process and the process was a good thing. I, I think, it, yes, as long as Embiid is on the Sixers, he's uh, going to yeah. hold the torch. But okay. if uh, Embiid leaves, I think then he's Which free. He might. <laughs> he that might. That was a question I was going to ask. Do you think this is going to be the beginning of the end for Embiid with the 76ers? Because they are maybe drawing dead of building more around him if they don't land the plane on this Harden trade. I mean, even if you can get that trade machine thing, fantasy that you came up with, and they get Lillard, we still come to the situation where the pieces around them, and I guess addition to Nick's, Nick Nurse maybe, is a coaching upgrade, which, like, honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know. But um, and Tobias Harris, if they move him for some pieces, I think that's – it's, like, so far-fetched too, though, but, like, I think that gives them a chance. But without that, I don't see the path to a championship – outside of some catastrophic injuries in the playoffs on other teams. So, yeah, it kind of feels like at some point the best thing for Embiid and for the Sixers, if not this year, within the next few years is break it up and retool, right? Has every James Harden trade request been ultimately bad for every party involved (laughs) at every step? No, no, no. I I guess the first trade he didn't request. The first trade from OKC – to Houston was not a request and that turned out to be a big win for Houston. But from then on, yeah, I don't think that it worked for anybody. Would you, would you trade James Harden for CJ McCollum and just pair up uh, Zion and Harden and call them the disgusting brothers down in New Orleans? Was that trade I did just for you to be able to say the disgusting brothers? And the money works. Yeah, I don't really see how it works. we haven't even gotten to Kyrie KD. You shot your disgusting brothers <laughs> comment too early, Charlie. You could have sat on that one and uh, yeah, and, and waited to play yeah. it later. Um, I don't know. I are people really getting? I mean, I I, I think James Harden on the Clippers makes sense. I yeah. think it probably makes it does make them a better basketball team if they can pull it off. Does it change my view of them in the broader landscape in the playoffs? No, but it makes sense. Okay, let's move on. Um, speaking of the disgusting brothers. Can't do it again. Do you I, already said it. You I, can't do it again. It got Dominic to laugh the second time. No, I was laughing at you. That's not fine. Really. Not That's fine. Not I'll take joke. a pity laugh. Um, what, would, what would your reaction be if uh, Katie and Kyrie reunite in Phoenix? There's no way this is real, right? Like, this is not a real possibility. First of all, Matt Ishbia, if that happens, is an absolute lunatic. And obviously, he was a college basketball player and I'm sure dreamed of holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy at some point. And he's like, damn, I will spend every dollar I got to get as close as possible. And I'm not sure that Kyrie gets you any closer. Kyrie doesn't really bring the things that I would think this roster needs. They have people who can pen- penetrate and pass, and they have people who can shoot and score. They don't really have a, a big man because I know they want to move on from Aiton. They don't like what they're paying him. So I'm not sure how Kyrie helps this team other than just being another offensive threat that you can't leave open and makes this team harder to guard. But how much harder to guard can they get? They got Bradley Beal as their third option. I don't think they need – uh, Kyrie Irving, and I think that he could make them worse because you never know what Kyrie is going to do or say. I mean, financially, it seems pretty pretty challenging to pull off based on 
what you know, even if it obviously it'd be a sign and trade, but where it would put them with regards to the apron. But I, I don't want to talk about what's possible or even the basketball fit, which is dubious, although it would probably break offensive records, which would be fun to watch. But then ultimately they'd probably just lose to the Nuggets. I want to talk about Kevin Durant <laughs> because I, I find their relationship fascinating. Think about it. KD, he goes to Brooklyn. He puts together this super team. It's his team. Kyrie single-handedly, I and I, I put it all on him, not on James Harden, nukes the thing, right? And throughout all of it, Durant like never really criticizes him. And then when Kyrie pushes his way out, he follows by pushing his way out. But he's got to really not want to play with him on some level after going through that. I understand he's never criticized him publicly. And in fact, if anything, he's criticized the Nets organization for not giving him Kyrie the deal or whatever and how they handled his suspension. But I, I like if you were Kevin Durant, would you not be like, ooh, do I really want this in my life again? Even if I'm telling the I'm I'm telling the world that we're still boys. Emotions are a powerful thing. <laughs> we don't have the emotional connection. We are cold. Just looking at the actions, things look a lot different when you're close to it. I can't speak for you, but I know in the course of my life, any like close relationships I have, romantic and otherwise, my decisions are skewed when I care about people, and it's clear that he must care about him because, or there's something else going on that we don't understand. Because just looking at the fact pattern, there is no evidence that he should be interested. That Kyrie hit that one big shot one big shot i mean he's a really good player but outside of that there's really not much evidence that kyrie um which i guess that's not fair to say outside of a championship run and knocking off the the 73 and 9 warriors with a dagger shot but in a long time he's it's really hard for me to wrap my head around giving up the assets required uh and the flexibility required to add kyrie Irving to a team I would get it if the problem with your team was, hey, we really need a point guard that can get to the basket and finish the rim anytime he wants. But no, we don't need that. We got guys that can get to the basket and finish at the rim anytime they want. And I, this this feels well, far more like a leverage play than it does yeah. an actual realistic. And I think it's a leverage play because you saw the quote from Brian Whithorst that Alabaster just put up from him on Get Out where he said there's not really a market for Kyrie. We know that Kyrie wants to get paid. That's why ostensibly Kyrie ultimately did push his way out of Brooklyn. He wants to get paid. But other than Dallas and Wendy throws out the Lakers, which again, financially doesn't really make sense. Who is giving Kyrie the max? And if no one other than Dallas is, why is I mean, I guess Dallas has no other real options at this point, but I mean, that's if Kyrie, that contract is going to be. I mean, yeah, sorry. I guess your point, if if Kyrie has no leverage, then Dallas shouldn't have to pay him. But the problem is the only thing or at least the problem from their negotiating standpoint is going to another team is not Kyrie's only leverage. <laughs> a disgruntled Kyrie is a problem. An unhappy Kyrie is a problem. It's it's a weird place to be when you're negotiating with someone that you feel like is a bit volatile, that you also feel like you 
need? They should have never traded him for him in the first place. Alabaster, is that what you're well, coming in to say? No, that the, the question I want to push forward a tiny bit. Would it be a bigger mistake for the Mavericks to pay Kyrie Irving or to just let him walk? Yeah, and this is one of those um, complicated questions because uh, what does Luca really, want me to do? It's a Luca question, <laughs> yeah. It's right. It's, it's yeah. similar to... It's funny, the NBA discourse, like, because, like, the first question was really about Joel Embiid. The second question is now about Luca. Like, there's really, like, eight guys who matter, and the question is just, like, can these teams keep them happy? So many of these discussions boil down to that. Um, I mean, you just, yeah, Alabas, you just threw up this number. When Kyrie and Luca played together, the offense was actually incredible. Kyrie played well in Dallas. Just a yeah. funny thing, like, you know, or... Everybody were crapping on his prospects and his market and saying it would be a mistake to sign him. It's not really for basketball reasons. Like th that team lacks obviously depth and defense for reasons that preceded Kyrie Irving's arrival, but um, purely basketball. Like if he, if he was somebody who you knew was a reliable presence, I think we would agree. Yeah, it makes sense for them to keep him. I mean, there, there's still problems with the makeup of this team, but in terms of like keeping Luca, what we saw from them on offense together, sure, give him the deal. But we're uh, we're hesitant for like very obvious and legitimate reasons, and I think they should be too. Yeah, I mean the the defense and depth issues only got worse by sending yeah. Kyrie away, and I, I thought Porzingis was the move a while ago. Like this seems perfect. These guys are going to work so well together. This is going to be their big two that they can build around. And to go from that to this doesn't feel as promising as far as a, a match works. But, yeah, I mean, they neither those guys do a lot of things that are similar, and neither of them play defense, and it just doesn't seem to work. But they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. If Luca says so, you make it happen. What a time. Hmm. What a time. Let's Great. move on. To some football. Got a couple. What are the chances for you? First one. And we got a soundbite. What are the chances Jerry Judy is right and Russell Wilson is going to have a big year? Just the mentality, man. Russ is a, is a soldier. So just the way he handled his business, the way he handled the situation, I just know the type of guy he is and stuff that he can overcome is in a situation like that, you know, that don't put no fear into a man's heart. So and I know that, that this year is going to. Yeah, yeah, big okay, so I actually, well, I, well you put that stupid picture up. All right, so while we were listening to that, I actually thought a better question is, what are the chances Jerry Judy believes what he's saying? Because mm. I think the chances that he gets, that he um, improves and is better, like, I mean, that's... Well, wait, 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 wait. big year is different from him. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the chances that he improves are pretty high because last year was yeah. bad. The chances that you have a, a big year are like, I guess my idea of a big year is the team have success. The team is still loaded on defense. They still have a pretty good offensive line. They still have great wide receivers, and they've added one of the best coaches in modern professional football. So the chances that they get better – they're they're there the division's still tough but like there's a chance that a player who has played really great in the history of this league has had a couple bad or a bad season and a half he's paired up with a great coach who's uh who's used to calling plays for shorter quarterbacks like there's many reasons to believe that russell wilson will have a big year but you think jerry judy really believes that or he's just telling us with the microphone with the microphones in front of his face during the summertime which every team tells us about every player 
There were also Jared Judy trade rumors mm. going into this offseason. If you remember that, it's been trade rumors around him for a while. Um, I'm going to choose to read this question as being Russell Wilson specific, and I'm going to give it a 20% personally. Mm. Respect, I respect the concept. Uh, but I say that as someone who thinks this, for all the reasons you just laid out, the Broncos will be a lot better. I think the defense is still good. I do think losing their defense coordinator, Dear Evero Hurts. But, mm-hmm. dude, Sean Payton, like, I don't think people understand. Not, that's, I'm doing a straw man thing. I love straw man. It's possible that some people have forgotten how unbelievably good he is at coaching. I like, like that you went from the straw man to the Roy Jones <laughs> argument of y'all must have forgot. I appreciate that. I, will... I mean, do you remember what late career Drew Brees looked like? I do. He couldn't throw the ball like more than 15 yards. And, and it was manufacturing offense. One of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. Teddy went 5-0 and with Sean Payton. Taysom Hill had some big games with Sean Payton. So can he... Uh, gin up a better offense with Russell Wilson? Absolutely. The other thing about the Broncos, um, our colleague Bill Barnwell does these great predictions every year for teams that'll regress and teams that'll get better. And one of the things he looks at, like, like for example, uh, scores in close games is a thing, is injuries. And uh, Football Outsiders does these adjusted games loss, basically looking at how injured teams were, really looking at the players and their importance. The Broncos were the most injured team in football last year. It kind of flew under the radar because, lol, everything else about this whole situation. But they lost Tim Patrick. Jared Judy didn't play stretches. KJ Hamler missed half the season. Half of their offensive line was banged up. So they not only are likely to be healthier, but they add a lot of reinforcements uh, on the line. What what you yeah. are you're bringing up, which is important, it is the value of going from a medium coach to a great coach is huge for any team. But they didn't have a medium coach last year. <laughs> if you guys remember, we opened the season watching Nathaniel Hackett demonstrate that he did not understand. And it got so bad that they went and got Jerry Rossberg and was like, hey, sir, who has never been a head coach in this league, come on over here and act as a buttress to our head coach. So let's not just appreciate that they are adding Sean Payton. They're not going from medium to great. They're going from ugh to great. Um, I will respect this also by saying 21%. Uh, Dominique, did I tell you where and how I watched that game, the Broncos Seahawks opener? Maybe I, I did. don't know. Uh, so I watched it at the house of our colleague, L. Duncan, because I was mm. in Bristol, whose parents are diehard Broncos oh, yeah. fans. And L's a like, Broncos like, fan too, right? L is a quietly a Broncos fan. She doesn't really advertise it that much, but she is. And her, but her parents are like, you know, yeah. jerseys, like all like it's, so you've watched football with me before. I just want you to understand the level of restraint it took me watching that game in particular with yeah. her lovely older parents the entire time. I was like, that <laughs> <laughs> when they kicked the field goal, I had to leave because I didn't want them to see me. <laughs> I was just tears oh. down my face. Anyways, oh. shout out to L. Duggan's parents who are wonderful. That was so respectful of you. Thank you. Yeah, and you know how much that took. Yeah. What's next, Alabaster? 
All right, last one. Uh, we got another clip. What are the chances that you would watch the enhanced games? All right, another clip. Play it. I am the fastest man in the world. But you've never heard of oh, me. I don't even know who he is, but I can already tell you that's not true. Not the fastest man in the world. I have broken Usain Bolt's 100 meter record, but <laughs> I can't show you my face. I am a oh, proud, enhanced athlete. That you are not the, the Olympics best. hate me. I need your help to come out. Oh, come out! Don't do stop no! It. Stop, Hank! Don't do this! I need your help for the world was, to I, embrace science. I was science. in until he started using that the the victory. Come join me in 2024 at the first Enhanced Games and see me break the world record in public. So hold on. <laughs> this is just like a drug games? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is absurd. Like So I am not going to say that I am a horse racing fan. So for the millions and millions of horse racing, I'm going somewhere with this. Millions and millions of horse racing fans out there, I'm sure you're going to be mad at me for not understanding the full context of all of this. But they put lots of drugs in them horses so they can go fast and the results are never good. This scares the shit out of me. I imagine that maybe some of my fear of drugs is a result of being like tried to of people trying to scare us straight. But that's enough for me. We we good. I don't need nobody cheating to entertain me. It's absurd. Do you watch the show The Boys on Amazon? Mm-hmm. At all? You know, the yeah. the, the fast the, guy yeah. who uh I forget what his name is on the show, but he has to take enhance he's blue and he has to take compound V or whatever they mm -hmm. to be fast, but it like is ultimately like dangerous for his heart at a certain point. It's not really a spoiler if you whatever, it's been years. Watch the show. Anyways, I think that's what's so scary about this because this isn't really about the athletes. It's about the scientists and basically who's making the best drugs. And um, yeah, pushing that seems uh, dangerous and scary. Uh, I would probably watch it though. I'm not <laughs> yeah, I mean the first the, the first time we gotta watch it. We gotta watch yeah, it. You, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you if your advertisement is that you're gonna show me a white man that's faster than <laughs> Usain Bolt, I'm in, baby. I'm also, all the way in. It would be so funny if he doesn't break the record. Yeah, he's not gonna break it. He's, he's still I not bet gonna he break does. it. Well, I mean, that guy that they were showing is probably not the man that's gonna run it, but I think that there is science Maybe. in all sports already. There's some level of science. So you have to be already incredibly fast that some science can get you faster than Hussein Bolt. Yeah, maybe they can, right. maybe they're doing surgery. They're going in there adding some, like, tuning up their muscles. What's up, Alabaster? I mean, isn't this kind of just like the Tour de France from the early 2000s, the Olympics with Ben Johnson, a home run derby with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire? So Aren't I you think a little bit, a little bit in on it. Just a little bit. No, we both said that we, there's that voice again. We both said that we would watch it, but I think the difference is that the point that Mina was making is that it's a competition, whereas though it's a competition yeah. solely on the drugs, which it like pushes you to push the limits to a degree that maybe you wouldn't have in sports because there's some limit on how far you can push the science in sports because there is testing and you can't get away with everything. And this, they're like, hey, you know what? F it all. Just make them yes. as fast as possible. Yeah. 
and yeah, the winner is the person whose scientists push close enough to the limit without making their heart explode like right. the compound V does. Notice like Dominique and I weren't trying to make the argument that like sports are pure and this has never happened and how dare they. We're making the argument that this would this is about scientists trying to come up with the craziest possible drugs to push the human body to its ultimate limit. That's what's scary about this. My objection, my like moral objection isn't that um like, you know, the sanctity of sports and all of that, whatever, you know, I don't want, obviously they shouldn't be competing. There's a reason these rules exist. My moral objection is that scary as hell. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch a drug competition. I don't want to watch a steroid off. Like, well, I want to watch it. I want to watch it once, but I don't yeah, want no, it to keep. I, I can't, I don't know what other kind of enhancement. What if there's some funny enhancements though? Like what if there's like, um, like a dunk competition, but it's guys with like enhanced legs who are really tall. <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah. The, remember that when that was a thing, when a bunch of men were like getting themselves surgically. The leg implants. Yeah. Lengthening. Yeah, I want to see a bunch of five, seven dudes who are suddenly six, seven break their legs while trying to do a dunk contest. <laughs> It's awful. Uh, like maybe you could get supervision, like super high-powered contacts. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what that would help you in. <laughs>